You're listening to The Curator Podcast, Season 2, Episode 70. Billy Liar, Part 2.5. Billy, we finally meet again. Hello. How you doing? I'm good, how are you? I'm okay, man. I'm okay. Um, you don't live in Scotland anymore? Uh, not really, no. I mean, I have been here quite a lot, but um, I, I, I told people I was moving to Germany. But I was kind of quiet about doing it because, you know, if you tell people you're doing something and then you don't do it, a big thing. Yeah. Sometimes it... I don't know. I mean, no one really cares, but you feel I'm, a bit ridiculous. I'm one of those people that, like, if I, if I say I'm going to do something, I end up not doing it. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too. I think that's part of it. So I just didn't really, didn't really say I was going to do it until I did it, but... It came out of the blue, totally. Yeah, it was a surprise. I mean, I still didn't know I was going to do it until the very last minute that I actually did it. But, like, I moved there six months ago, but I've only been there for, you know, two, two and a half months, I think. Yeah. You've been touring a lot, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Has it been easier to tour since you've moved over there? Um, I don't know if it's changed. Uh, it's definitely been easier to meet up with friends who are on tour mm. and to do, like, one-off gigs in places. But then, you know, I was always doing one-off gigs in Scotland. I think it's definitely made it more possible to do both. Like I can kind of do opening slots for friends or gigs with people in Germany and I can do them here. Mm. Like I, I know how to do that now, whereas I didn't know how to do it before, you know? Why didn't you know how to do it before? I just didn't know the, I don't know. You just don't know the right like connections or the yeah. right promoters or the right person. Or you've spoken to people through emails, but when you're just talking to people through emails, it's not the same as yeah. actually someone, yeah. meeting someone and being yeah. around as being part of the scene. And yeah. And being the local support, you know, I can be the local support in Berlin and in Scotland now, mm-hmm. which is which is ridiculous. <laughs> so um, you're now doing your first full band tour. For, uh, first full band tour in ten years. Yes. Ten years. And, te- and ten years ago, when I very when I first started playing music as Billy Lair, uh we had a band and it was a bass player and a guitar player and a drummer, but we only ever played in Scotland. We never played Glasgow, Edinburgh. Bells Hill, Dundee, <laughs> Arbroath, places like that. Bells Hill, fucking hell. <laughs> we played Bells Hill, we played the Joker Bar in Bells Hill with, uh, I think the Strawberry Blondes were supposed to play, but they pulled out at the last minute. There was some other band. My guitar player picked me up and uh, was like, you know, running around with me and I accidentally fell on someone and broke their glasses. It was some situation. I, <laughs> I think it was maybe my sunglasses that were broken. So what's it been like? What, what, like doing the full band thing and not going to Bells Hill. Oh, uh, the full band stuff's great fun. Yeah, I'm uh, touring with Empty Lungs. Uh, they're from Belfast, and uh, Kevin, the singer in Empty Lungs, uh, I've known him since I started playing music in punk bands, and he used to be in a band called The Lobotomies, and I was just starting the Billy Lair band, and I was also playing in a punk band called The Square Peg. And uh, we used to play uh, DIY shows in Edinburgh and Glasgow, and uh, so I played with them at the Three Tons, this great old Edinburgh pub that was a DIY space, really, too. And uh, also, what's it called? The the Spirit Bar. Have you ever been there in Glasgow? Yeah. Fuck. Why do I know the name? What is it? Oh, I don't know where it is because we always used to just go there by car. But oh. I think it's near the bar is. But um. Oh yeah, I don't think it's there anymore. It was a pretty rough and tumble yeah. pub. They had like a deal on where if you bought a pint and it was one pound fifty for a pint and a sausage, like a <laughs> like a rolling sausage. <laughs> and uh, there was like regulars of the bar were just sort of old men that would occasionally like tumble yeah. out in the street and fight each other. And then there was a curtain that came across, and behind the curtain is where the band would play. 
And uh, I played with a bunch of bands. Barnyard Masturbator, that was an American <laughs> band that came over and played with us. And they still going? I don't know if Barnyard Masturbator <laughs> are, but yeah. On Bastard Squad as well, from Australia. And uh, yeah, I don't know, I played a lot of gigs back Lots. then. But yeah, but, yeah I, so that was 10 years ago when I first started doing this thing. And I was playing with them and, and we never left uh, Scotland, but, but now... No, I am. I'm with Empty Lungs, which is fucking great. What's the, what's the vibe like then? Like, you've been playing with a band for the first time in a while then? Uh, oh, it's great. Um, yeah, it's just really, really fun. Uh, I kind of forgot what it feels like. And also to come with it, you know, having been doing it for 10 years, uh, like, building up the songs and uh, changing the way you perform and, like, to then go back to, to playing with other people as, like, a, a full punk band is really... Uh, just exhilarating because you know you get to like think about things like oh maybe I won't play at this part because they're doing something more interesting than me I don't need to play constantly whereas a lot of my songs are written because I'm singing and playing guitar mm -hmm. constantly usually both there's very little instrumental stuff yeah. and then the instrumental stuff is like I just go through one phrase once and then I never play it again mm -hmm. or I play it again half the time the next time and it's never there again with the band I can just be like oh this is a bit where It'd be cool if the guitar player played and I wasn't playing. Or like, oh, it'd be cool if the backing vocals were here but I wasn't singing, you know. Hey, let's put an instrumental section in here. Oh, you should do a thing on the drums here, that'd be cool, you know. So buy a live band either. <laughs> it's fun, yeah. It's just fun. I'll get any Prince vibes in from that from the leading the band and doing this thing and doing that thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to see it because um, Thank you. It's always a I like the I like people that do that. They have like a different vibe when they play live, and they bring a band, and it just sounds like well, it's going to sound sound totally different anyway, isn't it? But sure, those songs in a new setting. Yes, there's a, there's some new songs as well. It's uh, I've got this album, this full length album coming out, but it's got 13 tracks in it, I think, unless I change that. But 13 at the moment, and um, we're playing 10 of them uh, as a set, mm -hmm. and then I play one or two extra by myself. But um, it's just really fun battering through the record, you know. They learnt the, they learnt the songs off the, the, the first mixes of the record, so it's pretty close to the, to the recordings. We've also got a brand new drummer on this tour. Oh, um, cool. Empty Lungs have a brand new drummer uh, on just just for this tour, but um, unexpectedly the other drummer couldn't make this tour, so uh, we've got a guy who plays in Connor from Empty Lungs' other band, Life Goals, in Belfast. But he's never uh, toured before, and he's playing two sets every night. <laughs> and uh, we only, I only met him last week. Like we, uh, we started, we started in Germany. We had a day and a half of rehearsals, and then we started playing. So the first three shows were in Germany, and then three in France, and then it's a week in the UK. But we're like halfway through that now. But um, yeah, I mean, for him, that's a really intense experience to be playing two sets every night of songs that he's just learned. Like, <clears throat> he knew Empty Lungs music, but he'd yeah. never played it. And uh, he, he didn't really know. He's, but, you know, we've never met and uh, we've had no connection before. So that's, that's another thing. That's, he's picked up okay then, eh? Yeah, he's great. No, yeah. Well, the first, first gig, he was, you know, he was still great. Like, he had the passion and the energy and he plays like he's going to you know, not be able to play after the next song, like, any second, like, he <laughs> smashes the drums, and I fucking love it, and he's really tight, and he's really on it, but yeah, the first, first couple of gigs, he was, uh, really punishing himself, because he wasn't getting, like, he was playing all the right parts, but, you know, there's particular mm -hmm. fills, or th changes that I taught him, and uh, parts, you know, on the record, where it goes into, like, a different thing, unexpectedly, and lots of strange 
not time signatures, but structures. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but now he's totally nailing them. Um, he found France quite hard because it was so hot there. But um, Paris and Rennes, in particular, were absolutely sweltering wow. heat. And uh, in Paris, we were playing in a basement show, and uh, I think it was thirty-seven degrees that day. And uh, Jesus. when we played in Rennes, we played it outside, like an outdoor uh-huh. festival called Fête de la Musique, and you play on an outdoor stage. And we played last at midnight, and uh, that was so hot. And there were people having circle pits in front of us. And, <laughs> There was a Scottish guy that called out from the crowd who was like, fucking come on! And I was like, who's doing that really good Scottish accent? And I looked out and there was this clearly Scottish guy just like absolutely having the best time. That was really nice. But. That, sounds, that sounds amazing. Like I've never been into it in Europe, man. Um, and you say it's that drama's first time, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He's never been to any of these places. He's been to some places in the UK before, but he'd never been to France or Germany before. Can you remember your first time? What, going to France yeah. or Germany? Going, goes to, going on the road in Europe, I guess, generally. Yeah, yeah. It was when I was in that... Um, I used to be part of an arts collective called The Golden Hour, and mm-hmm. uh, that was when we first uh, first did it. We, it was like musicians, writers and poets and artists. We'd all pile into a van together. and did, We did the Highlands of Scotland, and we did, uh, you know, Germany and France and bits of the Netherlands and things like that. And that was a really intense, incredible experience because you're on the road with so many people. It felt kind of like a circus. But mm-hmm. then... Uh, but then you're doing these crazy things, uh, like performances every night and busking every day, and yeah, so that's quite a different thing to to being in a punk band. But yeah, but still the great unknown, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I recommend it. <laughs> it's great. So I mean, when you went to Europe for the first time, I guess it must have been a totally eye-opening experience then. Yeah, I mean, every country that I go to is, you know, I think that's why it's important for people to travel if they can, because you know it's a lot more cheap to do it these days, and if you save up money doing whatever you're doing, then that's how you, you know, you learn about things mm-hmm. and you learn about different cultures. And um, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't know most of the things that I know if I didn't, if I wasn't able to just go and meet other people mm-hmm. and talk to them. And, well, you being know. a punk makes your life richer with the fear then. Yeah, for sure, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Not monetary, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but... Uh, culturally. Culturally, definitely. Philosophically, I think. Let's, let's segue. All right. <laughs> um, you're doing a play? Oh, yeah, at the Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about that, man. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, well, I did a bit of acting when I was younger. Not really in any great degree, but I really, like, I dropped out of high school when I was 16, but I was like drama high school. and uh, Same. I, like, <laughs> it was just fun. Like, I liked, uh, I, could, I, I could have an affinity with a character uh, quite quickly, I think. I could get feel like I was getting into the character's head. And uh, I remember my drama teacher, like, one time was like, oh, you know, because I did this, I don't know. And then I always had this idea that I could do it, but because I think music isn't that far away from acting, really. Like I'm not saying I think uh, most of my favorite songwriters are ones that are actually it's not true, but most of my favorite punk songwriters are the ones that are, you know, uh, at least uh, you know um, attempting to to say something that's honest mm-hmm. in a way, uh, whatever that means. But um, but uh, I still think you know when you're when you're playing the same songs every single night, there's definitely an element of performance. And then therefore it's theatre, and uh, of course there's that, you know, mm-hmm. there's that element. I'm not really into bands that just say the same thing every single night. Yeah. I mean, most bands do, really, but... You've got a storytelling element in your set as well, though, haven't you? Some yeah, well, less with the punk band, because yeah. I feel like it's three guys yeah. standing around, like, yeah. <laughs> come on, just shut up, play a song, you know? song yeah. And also, because the record isn't out, I feel like it's, it's nice just to have, let the songs uh-huh. speak for themselves. I think once the album comes out, then uh, I'm going to be talking more and playing yeah. more acoustic songs and playing slightly longer mm-hmm. sets but we're really just doing 35 minutes just like smash 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 
get yeah. off the stage, you know. But that storytelling element comes back to the whole performative aspect. Yeah, that's you know? true too. But but also blasting through songs is a performance. That's yeah, theatre too, yeah. you know. That's a different type. I always find when I'm playing live, it's like a, an exaggeration <laughs> yeah. of who I am. Yeah, that's true. Which just reminds me of wrestling. Yeah. Like a lot of wrestlers are like their best characters are exaggerated versions of themselves, which is acting. You know, yeah. it's all, all kind of the same thing. Exactly. Um, but the play, are you in it right. or did you just write it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, so I was on tour with a guy called Freddie Fudpucker oh. a lot last year and he's a big part of why I moved to Berlin. He's a very close friend of mine and he's a very talented guy and... Um, we had lots of talks like we were traveling great distances together on tour and he was always driving we have a deal where i book a lot of the touring touring and then he you know drives or mm-hmm. you make these arrangements i can't drive that's that's why i'm saying that. i'm not just completely lazy <laughs> but um when we're you know smashing down the motorway to you know from some town to another town or whatever in the heat uh we would be drinking a lot of coffee and kind of ranting at each other through exhaustion and caffeine overdoses and um, during those sorts of times we talked a lot about theatre and performance and uh, you know inspiration and um, and just uh, you know what we were interested in and how we both wanted to do something that wasn't music and uh, I grew up in Edinburgh and um, you know the Edinburgh Festival is a really special thing and when the Edinburgh Festival first started it was a you know anti-corporate kind of independent you know, um, not not for profit, but you know, not for major profit, mm-hmm. not big business, um, yeah. and that that changed a long time ago. Uh, so yeah. now it's very corporate, and it's people that you've seen on TV, and it's famous people, a lot of the time, and and that's totally cool. But there's um, two smaller festivals within that festival, and one one is called the PBH Free Fringe, and um, the last few years in Edinburgh, I got really into this idea of this festival, and I watched as many of those shows as possible. Like last year, I was working at a bar in Edinburgh called the Banshee Labyrinth, putting on shows and working behind the bar and doing whatever. And when the Edinburgh Festival came around, you know, you work for that whole month and you work insane shifts and you, you know, live on uh, coffee and uh, exhaustion and uh, much like most of my life. But, <laughs> but like really, like you have, you know, the bar opens at 12 in the afternoon and shows run from 12 until... 3 a.m. and there's like hundreds of shows on every single day and thousands of people come from from all over the world and um, so anyway so I got really into the idea of the PBH Free Fringe and last year I really went to as many shows as I possibly could and I thought some of these shows are absolutely unbelievable and amazing and some of these shows aren't <laughs> and I thought well maybe I could do one if they can do it why can't I like you know some of them are incredible and I don't think that well I, d- I don't know we, we've we've written something that's uh yeah, it's it's not for everyone, but you know, <laughs> but I think that's okay. I think the spirit of the the free fringe is like, do do what you want yeah, to do, yeah. and and you know, see what happens. Like I, I love the fact that there's there's you know it's all free shows, but it's all donation shows. Mm-hmm. So you can go to a show, and then if you want, you can if you're enjoying it, you can stay for the whole thing. At the end, you can put a donation in a bucket to the performer, and if you want, you could maybe buy some merch. Like we're gonna have. CDs and band t-shirts and stuff as well because that's what we mostly do. Yeah. But the show has no music in it whatsoever, and um, it's a it's a it's a two two actor um, play. It's a with me and Freddie in it, so that's what it is. Harry, I just want to take a wee second to jump in and 
remind you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. You can do that by hitting the subscribe button in whatever podcasting app that you're currently using. And now, back to this interview with Billy in my car. That sounds really interesting, man. Yeah. It's called uh, Clean Sheets, that's the name of it. And it's uh, two characters. There's a, a soon-to-be-disgraced politician and a bellhop who um, has his own problems. And uh, throughout the play, they're, um, well, uh, the setting of the play is that they're stuck in a hotel elevator together. And uh, they're so they're trapped um, somewhere between the seventh floor and the lower basement. And they're basically dealing with their uh, own demons and um, having an existential crisis and uh, trying to, you know, struggle with morality mm-hmm. and... You know, is there such a thing as a good person? You know, all that good stuff. Good and evil, and what does that mean? And that sounds cool as fuck. I'm quite ignorant to theatre. Um, I, I've, I think I can count in one hand the number of plays I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely see that. Cool. Most, mostly because I think you're a good musician, so obviously I would come and see that. But also, it's just there is really no music in it. I know, but like, no music. I, I like you. Because I have I like to warn you. 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 I'm not, I wouldn't be coming to see it for music anyway, but coming to see Act, which I've never seen before. Well, you know, not many people have. Uh, <laughs> Are you nervous? Um, uh, well, I mean, yes, but like, not not nervous. Just like, I just, it's just you know, you do, I don't I don't know what it's gonna be like. I don't know if it like it is it funny. I don't know. Is it sad? I, I don't know. We wrote, uh, you know, I was living in Berlin, so at that point, and me and Freddie would, uh, I'd go around to his his apartment. He's got a a room where we would sit and we would just drink uh, heavily caffeinated drinks like a uh, club mate. Uh, the Berlin, you know, favorite highly caffeinated uh, soft drink or uh, Fritz Cola, and we would sit there with like a laptop across from each other because I had this idea that you know Joe Strummer and Mick Jones said that when they were at their most creative that they would sit there with typewriters across from each other mm-hmm. and they would just hammer out ideas and then pass them to each other and then finish <laughs> each other's songs and that would be how they wrote songs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that ever actually happened. It's very romanticized, <laughs> but but that's what we did. You know, we sat there with laptops across from each other. And, hammered out ideas and then we mm. we bought a whiteboard the first day that we ever wrote we decided we had to have a whiteboard and we we're both quite hungover and then this this turned into a stupid mission where we we're walking around shops trying to find a whiteboard <laughs> and it's quite difficult to explain whiteboard in german but um <laughs> I, especially because i can't speak much german yet but but eventually we managed to get one we had to order one off the internet so we had a whiteboard and we had these two computers and we just sit there and batter out ideas and say things that we thought were funny or, or good or kind of think about how a scene would be and then, you know, try and write the scene each and then see if they were, you know, at all similar. And actually, a lot of the time they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think because we talked about it a lot and because we both have similar ideas, I guess, similar experiences in life and um, similar, you know, insane uh, DIY touring. Um, yeah. So I, I, that, that's that's the play. It's called Clean Sheets, and it's going to be on at the Bourbon Bar in Edinburgh on Frederick Street. I think we're doing it from the 5th to the 27th of August, every night, uh, 7.45 to 8.45. And then we're doing 3D daytime shows at the Globe as well. I don't know what time they are or what day they're on. But then we're going to be playing a lot of music throughout the festival during the days and the nights as well, just to keep going. And So I'll be back in Edinburgh for most of July, because we're doing a tour in July as well after this mm-hmm. one finishes, and then all of August. And then I plan to go back to Germany in September. But nice. I've got some more recording to do as well. But you know. Yeah, last time I saw, I think the last time I spoke to you, you were just about to record the album. So. Oh right. Well, that's another story. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> that's really interesting. You did the thing with it, like the two computers back to back. Like yeah. it's about creating that creative space where you can sit down and actually do the work. Because I often find that I need to have 
it sounds weird, but an area. Yeah. And then so when I sat down, I'm dedicated to being in that place at that time to do that thing. I think that you I'm do. Do you know? Both of us would put our phones on flight mode, yeah. you know, and, and and not have them there, uh-huh. and then just sit there and and like be like, this is our time, you know. And um, yeah, Freddie lives with this with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's friend, but we'd had to, you know, we had to be like, this is the time that we yeah. were doing this thing. And Don't interrupt us because we're. Kind of in the zone yes, thing. Yeah, and of course yeah. we would love to hang out and eat food and have a yeah. nice time, and sometimes we can do that, but sometimes we really just have to sit here and do talk work. about this insane thing yeah. that we're doing. It reminds me about uh, who was the guy that did Blackadder? It was Ben Elton and Richard something. Oh, Richard Curtis. Yeah, that's how they used to write as well, oh, kind really? of. Like, one of them would write a script and then the album would, would go over it mm. and rewrite it, and then they'd send it back to each other, and then they'd like, both work in the, like, the final draft together and stuff like that, just to make sure that it's. Yeah. Had both their voices in it, yeah. Which is, I think, when it comes to collaboration, is another good way of doing it. But if really interesting, you found somebody you're actually sound, you're quite like. You know what I mean? So that when you're writing the kind of same thing and the ideas are kind of similar. Yeah, I mean, he's from New Zealand and has a completely different, you know, like a way of of growing up to me. I think, but but we're a similar age, and I'm from Scotland, and I just think we have a similar sense of humour. And, you know, we listened to a lot of similar music, watched a lot of similar films, read a lot of similar books when mm. we were growing up. And we've done all this mad <laughs> DIY touring where you're stretching your, you know, brain and willpower and mm-hmm. determination at all points. And uh, so, yeah, I think we're both very cynical as well in, in ways. But also, you know, combining that with uh, kind of naive uh, belief in something, <laughs> you know. I mean, that's what... <laughs> One of the great things about punk is it brings you together with people that you might never ever have met ever. Yeah, I, I mean, I would never have met, yeah. him, but we just kept bumping into each other at festivals and then became friends. And, and now you worked on nothing together. Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing that we decided on early on, which I always have to have when I'm working with other people, like any time I've recorded with producers or worked with other people in bands or anything, it ha- like you have to be able to say to the other person, "This isn't, this isn't good." You know this this thing isn't good, mm-hmm. and and they have to accept that that that's your opinion, and then you have to decide. I think we had the kind of unspoken rule where if the other person said that's that's not good, then then it would go. You know, yeah. so that meant that mm-hmm. you really have to not take things personally. I was going to ask about that, but you just answered the question. So <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Like in, I think that's the most important thing. I appreciate that kind of thing as well. Whenever I'm working with anybody, anybody it's, it's very like, hard in the band to take that. You know, sometimes I think so. In the past, it has been for me. Um, yeah, and I've been quite fortunate. And one of the bands that I'm in just now, mm-hmm. our attitude is always the song is king. So yes. whatever serves the song, you have to. You have to have that. that. You know, you can't. It can't work with people yeah. that can't understand that. Exactly. You can't. There's no point overplaying. But no, I love this part that I've written. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I know, but <laughs> sure, it's great, but it's not. It's not. It's not perfect for yeah. this. It's, and ideas can always come back. You can mm-hmm. always use them for other things. Yeah, put it, put it somewhere else. Yeah, this isn't right for you. Yeah, it's great. You're doing great, <laughs> but no. Like, one of the, one of my writing teachers used to always say, "See if you've written something that doesn't fit, yeah. then just put it in a word document that says nice things that I've written somewhere once. Yeah, <laughs> just keep it over there because it's very important yeah. to keep that stuff. Sometimes it works out. I, I haven't went back to look at that folder if I'm honest, <laughs> if I'm honest, but maybe I will one day. Well, I mean, I often write songs that are older ideas, but because yeah, I think it's good to look back because I think once you've had the idea originally, then when you go back, you've maybe you've had more." Experience and you've got hindsight, mm-hmm. and maybe that can, you know, 
fix the idea that you had. Thinking about t- talking about taking that distance and that. Have you done that with the play? Like written it and taking a bit of distance and went over it again, or is it just like a total? Yeah, we're meeting yeah. it once or twice a yeah. week for you know a month and a bit, I guess six weeks, I mm-hmm. think. So we're meeting up, you know, sometimes once a week, sometimes, you know, for five hours, or sometimes, you know, five times a week for you know two mm-hmm. hours. You know, it was always different. So, a hundred percent, like we, you know, I I don't want to advertise Google Documents, but I always <laughs> book tours with other people using Google Documents, and that's what we did too. Because then you can have the app on your phone, mm-hmm. and you can just open it up and edit it at mm-hmm. any point, and write notes to each other, and and then the following week you can just sit there and. Talk about it as if it's actually stuck if it works or yeah, yeah. But most of the time, the you know the stuff that we'd written the last time we we talked about it so much at the time, and we're constantly reading the lines out loud. That you know every part that we'd written, we'd get to a certain point and then read the whole thing, and then go back to the start and read the whole thing, and then go back to the big, you know that part and do yeah. this bit and, and keep testing it and keep testing it. So I, yeah, as I said, I don't know if it's funny, I don't know if it's sad, I don't know if it's dark or too dark or too weird, but I think for what we wanted to write, I think we've written the right thing, you know, whatever that means. Maybe it'll be a complete disaster, <laughs> but both of us are quite keen to have a complete disaster. Like, I don't care. I don't. If people throw things at us, I'm, you know, had that happen before. If yeah. people heckle us, mm-hmm. fine. You know, we've done so much touring that I kind of relish that. There's a lot to be said for having a failure as well, because it's oh, the yeah. only way you can learn. Absolutely. You know? And people don't talk about it either. People don't talk about it when they failed, because yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a shameful thing about it, but it's, it's very important to the learning process. I'm sure it's going to be okay, though. Like you, It sounds like you've given a lot of thought, which is the main thing. Yeah, I'm thinking about it constantly. Like, fucking, like doing something half-cocked is when you're probably priming yourself for complete failure, yeah. you know? But if you've given something enough thought, and you've edited it enough, and you've went over it and all that, then... We're still in draft process, but yeah. we have the we have the... You know, the, I think most of the play is written, and we have the structure, and we know what's going on. And hmm. I'm playing the politician, and Freddie's playing the bellhop, and you know, we had to figure those things out, and all that stuff. Yeah. Sounds super exciting, man. Yeah, I'm, uh, excited. Yeah. I'm also wondering when the album's going to come out. So it's in the process right now, where we're um, we're just basically doing mixes at the moment, um, and then it has to get mastered, and then uh, I've been thinking about labels and things like that but I have to uh, really concentrate on doing some work on that I'll be I'll be around in the summer as I said and in July when I'm supposed to be rehearsing for this play I'll also be doing uh, album Admin. work yeah <laughs> but I'm aiming to have it out early next year that's the realistic uh, that's a real that's the you know the most uh, the soonest most realistic um, potential date I suppose did you record most of it last year yeah, but you know, it's just taken that long. Yeah. It's just taken that long to get uh, to get mixed and to get it to a point where I'm completely happy with it. And well, that's yeah, you've got to be happy with it. And to get parts from different people in different yeah. places and yeah, it's, it's 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 all good. I'd rather put out the thing I want to put out mm-hmm. and rush release anything. Yeah, I've also I've got a split with the Murder Burgers coming out. Nice. We started uh, that was supposed to come out in July 2014. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I think it's going to come out in 2018. <laughs> I've um, actually. Uh, Recorded uh, two, this you know, two songs each. Uh, it's coming out in vinyl, and uh, I've recorded one of the songs pretty much completely, and then the second song we're gonna finish recording in in July too in Scotland. It's called uh, "Quit Your Quit Your Band and Get a Job," <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with the songs. Although I'd quite like the album to come out first because I feel like one of the songs is 
like a natural progression oh, okay. from the record. Yeah, uh-huh. So if it comes out first, it's a bit like, oh, okay. And then when the album comes out, I don't know, you know. It feels a bit uncomfortable. I just think in terms yeah. of uh, uh, order, it mm. should the album should come out first. <laughs> just, you know, in terms of songwriting, mm-hmm. I feel like this song is like the next stage of some of the ideas I was starting to have for the later songs in the yeah. record. Like they don't fit, it doesn't fit on the album, I'm not saying that, but I think it lyrically comes Feels like the next place. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Lyre Mark too. Almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Billy, it's been a total pleasure talking to you and seeing you again, yeah. man. Yeah, um, it always is. Anything you want to say or anything you want to add or any, um, any kind parting words of wisdom you have? I don't know. Well, who wants wisdom from me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You've been a creator of wisdom? Oh, I don't <laughs> know if this is a career, but... <laughs> Oh, it's been a total pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Billy is great, and uh, I really love just hanging out with the guy. He's just one of the nicest, nicest guys I've ever met, really. And ever since we did our first interview, about 18 months ago or so, we've become friends, and it's really cool to see him whenever he's back in Glasgow. I hadn't seen him for a little while, so I was really happy that we could not just sit down and chat and catch up, but that we were able to record another podcast as well. This is actually the third time, technically, he's been on this this podcast. He got his own interview, obviously, but it was also an interview with AC Slade, so if you haven't checked that one out, you should definitely go back and listen to that too, because he does contribute in that interview as well, because it was both him and AC who were touring together. That was the first time, as I said in the interview, that was the first time I'd seen Billy with a full band and they were fucking awesome that night. Hopefully he does it again, um, because there's a really good energy, a really good vibe about the sort of full band thing. Obviously the acoustic thing, I fucking love the acoustic thing as well, but yeah, the full band thing was a totally different beast. So if he does it again and he rocks by your city, definitely go see him because they're just brilliant life. That's all for this episode, thank you very much for listening. If you could give me a rating, if you could take a wee second to give me a rating and review it on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. These things help more people see the podcast, and the more people that see it, the more people that can listen to it. And that's good for everyone involved. Until next time, bye-bye.